Greetings, and welcome to this week's episode of Every Square Inch. I want to begin today by thanking everyone for their support of this podcast. Um, The reason being is I talked with someone this week who I think it's safe to say, I think they would say, uh, does not think like I think. A delightful person that I really enjoy talking to, but we have our disagreements. That's okay. Um, Contrary to popular belief these days, competing ideas are actually a good thing, and we can be friends. But um, anyway, this person told me that someone had recommended the podcast to them and they ended up binge listening to almost every episode. Uh, Now, we didn't get into how much this person agreed or disagreed with the content, but it's the fact that they were open to consideration that I admire. And ultimately, that's the purpose of this podcast. It is to offer our culture a charitable critique and a winsome argument through the lens of the Christian worldview. And it's your support that um, is important to make that happen. Um, Sharing the podcast with others, giving it a five-star rating, and leaving uh, a review on iTunes, all of this is what makes it a viable option to consider within the public square. So thanks for doing that. If you haven't, uh, please consider rating us, reviewing us, sharing us. Um, Anyway, on to today's topic. I want to to return to an observation I made a couple episodes ago when talking about abortion. If you haven't listened to that podcast, you can go back and check it out. But in it, I laid out my case for why I actually think progressives should be advocates for life. Um, I'm not going to return to the topic of abortion today, but I want to expound upon something that was said that seemed to resonate. Um, I've had several uh, folks tell me that they found one point I made to be particularly unique and compelling. And it had to do with the lack of diversity when it comes to abortion support that by and large, abortion advocacy is a white Western view. And I use the example of the United Nations Summit on Maternal Health um, and this awkward exchange between a Western woman advocating for abortion and an African woman saying, I don't even know what you're talking about. And I think this point um, is worth revisiting in more detail, not the point on abortion, um, but another point um, that is very, very important to um, understand in our day, and it's this. Those who claim to love diversity are not comfortable with diversity's implications. Let me explain what I mean. A pastor friend of mine, uh, Josh Rotano, pastor at New City Prez in Cincinnati. If you're in the Cincinnati area, I highly recommend New City to you. Um, But he made this observation this week. He said, there is exactly one people group on the whole planet that is becoming less religious, white Westerners. And he is exactly right. Please understand the world is not becoming more secular. Only white people are becoming more secular, particularly white, educated, wealthy, metropolitan elites. (laughs) And so globally speaking, the secular worldview and ethic is actually a very narrow and homogenous perspective. But if it is so relatively small, why does it seem to be the prevailing and dominant worldview? There are two answers to that question. One, it's because we in the West live within a bubble that we take for granted. Um, But if you ever step outside the bubble and engage other cultures, you will quickly realize these people don't think like me. Um, But there's another reason why this worldview feels so dominant, um, because white Westerners tend to dominate. That's the reason why our worldview feels like the dominating worldview, because this is what we do. In the late 15th century, a global conquest emerged that would continue for really four centuries. And and here, here was the strategy of the conquest. It was really simple. Powerful European nations would arrive on foreign shores simply declaring ownership um, of the land. 
And it's important to understand that Europeans viewed this as a positive advancement for the lands that they were colonizing because they firmly believed in Western superiority. Meaning there was a hubris to the conquest, believing that they were doing a favor to these helplessly primitive cultures. Now listen, I'll be the first to tell you I love Western civilization. I know it's very popular these days to dump on the West, but goodness, the, the science, the art, um, philosophy, liberal arts, medicine, economics, politics, on and on we could go talking about the incredible fruit that has come from Western civilization. So yes, bless God for Western advancement. But we can celebrate these things while at the same time lamenting the dark side of Western civilization, which is its imperialistic history. That's the bad part of the story. And it's awful. European countries would just show up and declare, your land is now our land. Your resources are now our resources. Your culture will now become like our culture. And it was all rooted in a patronizing superiority complex. In other words, it's not just that we are more powerful than you. We're better than you. So now, on the other side of that colonization conquest, some have begun to recognize and lament just how painful the path of Western imperialism truly was for other cultures. We must say that progressives in particular are leading the way in this, and they should be commended for it. It is, it is easy for Westerners like myself to romanticize our culture's history while ignoring, or some even rewriting, its ugliness. So I'm thankful for voices reminding me that the story of my culture hasn't been as pleasant for people outside my culture. But here's the point I was making in the abortion podcast. I'm not so sure the Western colonization has come to an end. And ironically, it's progressive. The, the same people denouncing our imperialistic past, these are the ones championing imperialism's newest frontier. My argument is is that Western imperialism continues undaunted, but its ambition has changed. The quest for world dominance has been replaced by the quest for worldview dominance. And the latter is as aggressive a campaign as the former once was. We no longer conquer your world, but now we will conquer your worldview. Let me be practical. This is a little theoretical. So let me be practical to show you what I mean. I think nowhere is this conquest fiercer than the advancement of the sexual revolution. Uh, not too long ago, I was visiting the United Kingdom, and it's very clear the new sexual ethic of Western culture has become an all-out militant march. Under the banner of tolerance, it is, it is obvious there is no tolerance for opposing views on sexuality. Um, here are a few examples I noticed. Uh, on British television, someone scolding an expectant mother for throwing a gender reveal party, claiming that it reinforced archaic social constructs about gender. Um, I saw a sign on the train asking people um, to be vigilant listeners and report to the authorities any language about sexuality or gender that they deem judgmental or harmful. Uh, chilling legislation in Scottish Parliament that would appoint a state official for every child born in Scotland to hold parents of that child accountable by the state for their parenting in many different areas, including the worldview that they are teaching their children, i.e., we all know what that means, the sexual and gender ethics that they're teaching their children. So it is very clear how aggressive British culture has become with their sexual ethic. But at the same time, the other conversation dominating British culture is a deep embarrassment over Great Britain's history of imperialism and the need to correct it by welcoming and celebrating the diversity of other cultures. 
Now, that's certainly a noble endeavor, but how far are they willing to go in welcoming the culture of others? Does it include the ethics of other cultures? Because do Westerners not realize that the vast majority of people and cultures subscribe to a different sexual ethic than ours? Do Westerners not realize that the rest of the world looks at all our gender discussion and thinks that we have collectively lost our minds? Do Westerners not see the arrogance of assuming that it is only here, in 21st century Western secularism, that we have finally discovered the one true sexual ethic? The harsh reality is that Westerns don't see this. Westerners don't care to see this. It's just we're right, everyone else is wrong, and we are going to colonize the world's worldview. But to the rest of the world, it just feels like the same old imperialistic story. In its harshest forms, it is an aggressive purging of any competing ethic behind the shroud of hate speech legislation. In its milder forms, it is just this patronizing hubris that views other cultures as helplessly archaic and in need of our sophisticated, educated, and enlightened ethic. But either way, the message is the same. Our worldview is taking over your worldview, and there's nothing you can do about it. Will the conquest ever end? If Western elites are serious about repenting of their imperialistic past, then it's going to take more than a woke quote on Twitter. It will actually require humility. Humility to listen and learn from other cultures. And to be honest, I just don't think the West is capable of this humility. After all, it's a 500-year-old habit to break. I believe the sexual revolution of the West is far more important to Western elites than listening to what Africa and Asia has to say about sexuality and gender. I believe the metropolitan centers of America could not care less what rural and middle Americans think about sexuality and gender. And most of all, I I believe there is zero tolerance for a religious perspective that derives ethics from transcendent ethical standards. Westerners are just not willing to entertain any other discussion. And if your inclination is to say, well, that's because these people are helplessly naive and behind the times or just outright bigots, so we're not going to listen to them, then you're proving my point. That is Western arrogance at its finest. And so my argument is that Western progressives are caught. They want to affirm diversity while at the same time colonizing their worldview and ethic. Again, let me return to my trip to the United Kingdom. I was in London noticing the enormous influx of Muslims into the country. And it occurred to me, England has a Muslim problem. But the Muslim problem I'm talking about has nothing to do with terrorism or Muslim hatred for the West. The Muslims I engaged with were delightful people. Instead, there's another problem they present. Progressive Brits who celebrate immigration and diversity of culture that comes with it, who rightfully denounce xenophobia and Islamophobia, these same progressives now have an enormous influx of traditional sexual and gender ethics. Those Muslims that they want to embrace with love, as they should, completely disagree with the LGBTQ sexual ethic. That's the real Muslim problem they are facing. You can't claim to embrace immigration and diversity while at the same time militantly opposing the views of those you embrace. I suppose you can, but that that sounds like imperialism to me. Off of Great Britain, on to America. 
you do realize that the African-American community by far holds the most conservative views on sexuality and gender. Now, that's true across the board nationally, but it becomes dramatically true of African-Americans not living in California or New York, um, particularly the Southern black population, the very ones who are historically the most oppressed people in America. Do we care what they think? Do American progressives care not just about African-Americans, but about what African-Americans actually believe? Now, I'm going to say what many white Western progressives in the back of their mind think, but they would never say. I'm just going to say it. This is the thought. At the end of the day, these other cultures are just behind the times, and eventually the world will catch up. That is to say, the West is ahead of the times and has figured things out that eventually the rest of the world will come to embrace. If that is the thought in the back of your head, then you need to know that that thought is the very definition of imperialistic thinking. We're right, they're wrong. We're advanced, they're not. We're superior, they're primitive. And and not only is it imperialistic, it's not true. The myth of progress believes that every human progress and change is by definition the correct move. That's a fallacy. There are advancements in history we look back upon as good and noble advancements. And there are advancements in history we look back upon as horrific. I mean, since we're talking about sexuality, consider ancient Roman society. This was the progressive society of their time, the society that was ahead of the times. And their sexual ethic was horrifically destructive. Men having adolescent boys as sexual partners was not just accepted, it was celebrated. By the way, when when you read academic literature now being published that seeks to normalize and even affirm pedophilia, it seems that's where our own sexual revolution is heading. But that's, that's a topic for another day. But you don't have to look at ancient history to see the myth of progress. We, we look back on the civil rights era and rightfully say that is a wonderful act of ethical progress. And then we look back on that same era and the rise of communism and say that is a horrific act of progress. And yes, communism is a radical progressive ideal. Not all advancements are good advancements. So the point I'm making is that if you think Western progress, if you think Western progressive culture is simply ahead of other cultures, which will all one day catch up, not only is that imperialistic, it's just plain wrong. I I personally believe that history will not be kind on our gender stuff, for example. I think it's going to be a what were these people thinking part of history, listening to and affirming uh, children's confused perceptions of themselves from the moment they can talk, pumping our adolescents full of hormones and puberty blockers, surgically altering genitalia everywhere. I I may be wrong, but I think people one day will see all of this as uninformed at best and horrific at worst. Okay, I'm, I'm carrying on more than I intended. What's the solution to all this? Okay, that's the critique. What's the solution? The solution is diversity done well. A humble diversity rooted in a conviction that every culture is to be affirmed and critiqued. Every culture is beautiful and broken. Every culture is to be celebrated and open to correction. And believe it or not, this view is a unique perspective of the Christian worldview. Now let me preface everything I'm about to say by admitting that Christians don't always do this well. 
No, I'm not saying that Christians perfectly live up to this ideal, but I am claiming that Christianity offers a unique ideal that I believe is the solution. And it's that Christianity is a culture or should be a culture that transcends every culture. And that's unique. If you study other religions, you will notice that they are all um, a culture unto themselves, typically the culture of their heritage. And as the religion spreads, so spreads that culture. But then you look at Christianity and you will notice that it does something peculiar. It retains its identity while at the same time embodying the culture that it's in. So African Christianity and Asian Christianity and European Christianity, they all share a common creed and common practices. And yet they also look and feel like the culture they inhabit. And this is because the central culture of the Christian faith is not one particular earthly culture or nation. When you look at the life of Jesus, you will see him challenge every culture he encounters. The Jewish culture, the ancient Middle Eastern culture, the Roman culture. You just can't put him in a cultural box. And that's because his claim was that he was not coming from an earthly culture, but was the coming, the inauguration of heaven's culture. He called it the kingdom of God. He proclaimed this kingdom. He taught the ethics of this kingdom. He embodied this kingdom. And everywhere he went, this kingdom would both challenge and redeem whatever it encountered. And in this way, the Christian culture is meant to be a transcendent culture. This is why he told his followers, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You are these people who live in and among the world as agents of redemption of whatever culture you find yourself in. This is why he taught his followers to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus viewed his followers as those in and among the world bearing witness to another world, the world as it ought to be. And when we are given a picture of the final outcome of this Jesus kingdom movement, it is the picture of a diversity of cultures bringing their unique glory into this new world. Gloriously diverse, yet one in perfection. Now again, I'm not saying that we followers of Jesus live up to this ideal. In fact, I'm saying we don't. So there, we don't. We need his grace. I mean, that's, that's what it means to be a, a Christian. But what I will say is look upon the culture of Jesus. Look at him, his life, his ethics, his actions. Look at his culture and tell me if that's not what you want the world to look like. You know, there's a reason why both conservatives and progressives think Jesus is on their side. And there's a reason why both conservatives and progressives find Jesus challenging. Because his culture transcends both. His perfect culture affirms and critiques every culture. The only kingdom that has the right to colonize is a perfect kingdom. And the only perfect kingdom is a kingdom where Jesus is king. And so I say, let that colonization carry on. Colonization is only a good thing if it's heaven doing the colonizing. Thank you for listening. I'm going to take the next week off because our church is hosting a conference, but we'll be back in two weeks, uh, Lord willing, for another episode of Every Square Inch. Mm-hmm.